Hello, welcome to the Snowball Thrushy Podcast. It is not popular. Episode one sixty four. Name is Justin. And mine's Helen. Justin we, and I would like to thank you today for taking time out of your busy Fire Emblem Engage playing schedule whoa, to actually record this podcast. Whoa. Okay, You say yeah, this like true. it's a personal attack on you, but it's a it, statement it of the is fact. It is, mostly because I got it yesterday. <laughs> I didn't get it. But the thing is, Helen, I got only like up to five chapters, the first five chapters. If I had played it Friday and then played it a bit Saturday, it would have been real dicey. <laughs> real dicey we're gonna actually record this podcast on time i would have been like helen i don't i don't want to record i don't want to do it but instead came yesterday um i played it a little yesterday did not play it today because i knew it was going to do the podcast today and there were some episodes of anime i wanted to watch because helen we got so much an- so much anime season, but we'll, we'll obviously get into that yeah there is entirely much, too much this season much, like i definitely have not gotten to everything i want to and just later. there's too much yeah, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more later. But for now, we're going to get into all the news, weird news, pandemic. Well, actually, weird news is even later than that. Pandemic news, licenses, all that good stuff that we haven't talked about for a good month. Because, you know, we took a little break. It's a good thing reach. we did because Corey's now had to edit two episodes of, <laughs> like, me coughing and sneezing because I caught a cold. And y- you do not want to try to record with me when I've got a cold. I will be Ugh. coughing and sneezing the entire time. Ugh. Oh no! So yeah, we usual the 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 one time the annual break, uh, I guess uh, worth and well I, I can't say it worked because you got sick so, um, but I guess it was good timing I, I, in a sense. So all right, let's get right into it. So um, I think it's, there was some obviously COVID news for a couple of VAs that I had seen, either just getting it or uh, it happened like last month that I decided to put in here. So it. It is still happening in Japan. It's still happening everywhere. So you cannot obviously escape COVID for now. Um, but for the news for pandemic news today, the only thing we have to see is Adiplex. Because we got not one, but two Adiplex produced shows that are being uh, delayed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Unite Up, uh, this um, it's going to have its fourth episode delayed to February 14th due to COVID-19. Uh, then meanwhile, the... Near Automata version 1.1a um, has not only delayed episode 4, but it's even beyond due to COVID-19. There is no timetable on when it's actually returning. They're going to be rebroadcasting the first few episodes. And then what's going to happen after that? Don't know. Um, I did see someone say on Twitter that if it wasn't for the pandemic, this would feel like a very... Um... Who's the creator of Nier? Yoko Taro, I think. Yoko Taro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this right. would feel like a very him move. Like, who knows if the rest of this will ever come out? Yeah, this is... And then, th- this makes you want to... Well, first of all, it's not necessarily wrong that they're citing COVID-19 as a potential reason for why it's being delayed. Um, as somebody had pointed out, I think, over the past month or so, or for a while now, like, obviously, if you're outsourcing animation to other countries, mm-hmm. and especially in this case, China, China right now is having a big uh, COVID spread and obviously lockdown situation. So obviously... Well, the issue that's... is that they got rid of all the lockdowns because they were like, okay, okay nope, we never did the lockdowns. Okay. We, we cannot stand to be acknowledged that we may have done something a little wrong. Nope, we're going to go completely the opposite direction now. And um, that that's the issue. <laughs> okay. That backfired, basically. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, there's big issues over there. So that's affecting lots of things, and it's obviously affecting anime production. So when they cite that this is an issue for the for the anime, it's totally fine. But the the, the problem is that's probably not the only reason why they're they're doing it. Just have an awful production schedule. Um, Maybe we shouldn't have so many shows each season to the point where there's no in between animators left in Japan. Like you, that, and you have to always consistently reach out on Twitter and be like, hey, can you do this particular imagery for us? I don't know if that's a reliable way to go all the time. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know about You Not Up, uh, considering it's um, coming back with episode four next month. I mean, it could get delayed um, in the future, but at least that may be sorted out. But the problem is, I believe near the anime is, pr- is, is planned for a 24 episode run mm-hmm. and they're already having to del- do this type of delay this early. Not a good sign. Not even close to a good sign. And A1 Pictures, I believe, is doing this. They're like one of the better ones, that better studios out there and they're struggling. And uh, I think what, last I want to say last year, or I guess technically a couple years ago, remember they struggled with 86 with that whole issue production over there. Um, and they even go back for with the um, Promise Neverland, the whole bunch of other Netflix shows. They've been having some well, that, that one was big... Cloverworks. No, but no, produced... Producer, Aniplex was produced, the uh, main producer for the Promise Never, not the studio. I'm just saying, like, in general, this is all under Aniplex's umbrella. And either their scheduling on how they're doing, getting these studios to work on stuff is problematic or troublesome, or it, it's there's definitely issues here. And there's a couple more, more planned Aniplex um, produced shows coming up, like Mashal and Solo Leveling big concern <laughs> if they're gonna actually um get if the animators are gonna the, the studio's getting enough time if anybody's telling them hey we get this out now just this, this particular time gonna be this deadline big issues here big issues that, that needs to be resolved um calling so it yeah. problematic sounds like we're about to cancel anaplex when uh, <laughs> no it's really the other way around anaplex is about to cancel their shit <laughs> um okay yeah uh well we'll obviously be monitoring not just these two anime, but then obviously future Antiplex shows and uh, Antiplex produced shows uh, upcoming in the future. So this will definitely not be the last time we talk about them this year. And then on this side of the pond, uh, we have uh, Kodansha seemingly um, taking down their simulpub program, or at least... It sounds like they are now going to be moving from publishing their Simulpub series on a variety of different services to just moving them to their own upcoming service. Um, They put out an announcement saying that basically the last update for a number of titles is going to be January 16th or so. So that date's already passed as of we're recording. And places like Azuki and Crunchyroll have said that they'll have to get take all of it down, all the simulcast, simulpublished chapters they've done so far by the end of the month and Kodansha hasn't really said anything yet about what service they are creating to replace it um it definitely feels kind of dumb to be doing this when the service isn't you know ready to go you know next day yada 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 but uh Kodansha is also the folks who've not had like a working digital calendar for a couple of months now so uh, I, I can't say I, I believe that they, that they I can't do not say ha- I believe that they do not have any tech people, 
like as a part of their main core staff. I know that stuff like the website has been outsourced to other people. Like I know Evan Minto did the website. He said this before um, a couple of years ago. So yeah, this is just um, questionable. And as people are pointing out, all these folks who've gotten used to reading the simulpubs are some will wait around a couple months to see if it comes back and the rest are just going to go straight to the scanlations. I can say Kanacha does have their right set, um, uh, calendar up now. They do have a calendar now. It's back up. They've cleared the bar. The bar that is so low it is in fact a pipe. Buried <laughs> underground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they provided all these nice statements about, oh, we're going to be doing this nice uh, more... We're planning on an exciting new update on what we're going to be doing with the official titles and all that good stuff in the next with so many quotes months. like, while we can't divulge any details at the moment. Helen, you've, you've long known about my issues, especially with Kodansha Digital, for the past year? Maybe a couple years now? Probably the past year is even more accelerated. And I believe this is the capper on what an awful, just terribly run digital service they have I, I there's no sugarcoating this this is you don't make this move it, it, okay the only reason you make this move is if you are going to as you mentioned earlier launching your own service the next day after or in within a week time obviously this is i guess the future where companies themselves are going to be publishing their own summer pubs because they obviously have square annex doing it shuesha um biz with the Shonen Jump and Manga Plus, um, Alpha Manga, Alpha po is, uh, is run by Alpha Polis. So this is the thing. This is a, I, I understand it. That's perfectly fine. To not have it ready, it, it you just basically said no more official reading of any of these titles. Go back and read your scans. <laughs> That's really all you're saying. And remember, they had this issue where last month um last year around the summer they just randomly stopped pretty much every official sound pub publisher of their titles to stop publishing sound pubs mysteriously and Ozgeek was being very vague about why because they can only say so much but they're basically in into it this is all kanancha just saying no we can't actually publish anything at a time and then when they did come back they took down <clears throat> excuse me shangri la frontier uh, Seven Days, uh, the Seven Deadly Sins sequel, Four Nights of the Apocalypse, and Heroic Legend of Arsalan Summer Pubs. So they took those down. They had others up. But I guess that was a sign that something was brewing, maybe then, or either somebody over at Kanata just has a very weird way of looking at the market. Whatever the case, the fact that they landed on this decision to say no more Summer Pubs. Who knows how long? Like they say, oh, it's gonna come in for months. But do these people know that tech and all that stuff takes a while to get done and all that stuff? And if I guess if they were playing it for years and years, maybe it'll be coming up in February or something. Who knows? But until then, you should allow the fans to try to support you guys as officially as possible. Uh, so making this move is just bad. Like they say, oh, maybe they can be like, oh, we lost money over it. Don't care. <laughs> this is not. You don't make this move. You, you just don't. You, you just basically lost the right to be taken seriously. <laughs> is this a little bit hyperbolic? Maybe. But if all the other official publishers can do it, like Yempress is doing it right now, they're they don't even. What's funny about Yempress? They don't even have like an official like 
like service they're distributing this all to. They're just saying, oh, go on Bookwalker, go on Kobo, go on Kindle, etc. They don't have anything like an official service like Isaac or anything like that. They're still doing it. So just just mind-boggling. It's also um, interesting since Kodansha USA is, I think you could call it like a subsidiary of Kodansha, big Kodansha in Japan. So it's not as if they suddenly have to renegotiate a bunch of contracts, or at least that shouldn't be how it should go. Like this should be like the entire point of, you know, licensing stuff for yourself over in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and remember they went to that big organizational change where remember it used to be called Kodansha Comics, but now it's just Kodansha. So really, and remember they shuttered Vertical, placed at the um, place at the Kodansha Books. So it should be all un under one umbrella. Does it feel like they're all in under one umbrella though? <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, just just a very disappointing decision on their their part. Very disappointing. Uh, speaking of very disappointing, Amazon continues to be disappointing in many many ways. So they recently are or have or are going to release or lay off uh, eighteen thousand people. According and then according to the beat, pretty much Comicsology has been eliminated. Like their jobs, whoever's working for Comicsology, no more. Um, some are, I mean, there's already been eliminations now, but then some are still staying on um, in parts throughout the year. I think the last set of team pe people are gonna be there to October. Um, I can't even express how disappointed that is too. It's just um, it's just not needed, especially not now. And then for our final bit of news news, uh, Anime NYC founder um, Peter um, Tatara, I guess that's how you say it, uh, he has left, left the old media and is going to be joining J the Japan Society instead, which um, they do a number of events in New York City, I feel like. I see a lot of them getting posted on Twitter all the time. So, uh, yeah, going to have someone else being at the head of um, Anime NYC next year, I guess. We'll see yeah. how everything shakes out. Yeah, definitely going to be monitoring how that goes. And maybe looking a little bit more close to what Japan Society will be cooking in the near next couple of months, Helen. Maybe just, maybe just have I mean, haven't that. you been to some of their like film screenings before? No. At least it's been a long time. Because I, I mean, still, I really haven't even gone to like a movie in like three years. So We are in year four of the plague now, so. Yeah, yeah. So. Alrighty, excuse me. <clears throat> Not on some licenses, uh, Yen Press um, announced. I want to say it was was it this week? This past this past Friday? I want to say it was this past Friday. So I they, have no idea what the concept of time is anymore. So you were asking the wrong person. Okay, look at the day. It was last um, last Friday. Um, Kei Sasani and Ako Neko Nabe's Outlast Crusade: The Rise of a New World Secret File. <clears throat> Satoshi Wakahara and Akiko Hiragi's The Devil's a Part-Timer Official Anthology Comic. Natsumi Akatsuki, Hiromi Mishima, Hirokuma, and Some Zaps, Konosuba, God's Blessing on His Wonderful World, Fantastic Days, Ghost Mikawa, ne and Nepokomi's Looks to All You Need, uh, Light Novel, Matsuri Asora, Nana Fujimi, and Toby Tana's Secrets of the Silent Witch, the manga version, Yan Press is already published in Light Novel, Kyung Run Park's Imitation, this is a manhwa. Arata Asane's My Mate is a Feline Gentleman. Inimajin and Iotoi's 
Saint. Nope. I'm, nope. Just a monster tanner passing through. Uh, this is the manga version. The light novel is licensed by General Club. I want to say this is actually kind of a different title. Yeah, it's... De- um, I think it might be a slightly different title. I think it's just Saint... Something, uh, uh, I didn't even think about this way. I just realized, wait. I think this is slightly different from... Well, um, you keep talking and I'll General look it up. Club. Okay, thank you. Uh, Yosuke Hata and Manas, Manatsu Suzuki is the reformation of the world as overseen by a realist demon king. This is the manga. Uh, they're already uh, publishing the light novel. And once again, the Empress is going to bring over another, another Makoto Shinkai uh, uh, movie that's now a novel form, uh, book, uh, Suzume. So the Suzume novel is going to be released as usual in their hardcover uh, prestige uh, format uh, sometime this year. Uh, oh, and the J Novel Club title is slightly different. It's Saint? No, I'm just a passing beast tamer. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize this. I was like, oh, wait, it is a little different. <laughs> Just a little different. All right. Yeah, so Azuki has licensed Toako's I Fell for Fujoshi. And I think they're going to be releasing this one chapter at a time until they catch up and then simulpubbing from there, because that's how they've been doing most of their licenses. Uh, Kodansha has licensed a few digital titles. Uh, Daiju Yanugu- Yanuchi's Gang King and Narumi ha- Hasegaki's Boss Bride Days. And uh, Gang King, I believe, is already out, and Boss Bride Days will be out on January 31st. So, yeah, even though they're not simulpubs, Kodansha is still continuing to just have, like, a crap ton of digital. Like, I gotta be honest with you, Justin, I'm reaching the point where I'm just sort of, like, paralyzed when it comes to reviewing stuff now, because there's so much coming out all the time, and I'm just like... I cannot keep up. I don't think anyone can. Okay, guess what? We know... <laughs> Sorry, Kodansha. We know Kodansha can't keep up. <laughs> uh, we will now talk about what, what they tweeted about that nice, unique... Uh, was it? Unique... Uh, uh, I can't remember that long, kind of weird... Well, not really weird. Okay, but basically, they tweeted out the manga version of a... Uh, it was that they already have, right? They have the digital version of this manga out. But it was that was not how that was in print. It was supposed to be the light novel. They somehow managed to tweet the wrong one. <laughs> Eventually, like twenty four hours to correct it, the tweet too. <laughs> just, just, just incredible. Um, oh, and C- Crunchyroll and Kodansha are also collaborating to put up uh, Kaina of the Great Snow Sea. Uh, I think it's up on Crunchyroll. They're also the ones simulcasting the anime, which is one of those polygon pictures with some input from Tetsuo Nihei in there, so uh, it feels very much up all of their avenues. <laughs> <laughs> but look, 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 just when you think this um, Simulpub business is just not done for Kanancha, look at this. Look at this, Helen. You see where our confusion lies? Just right here. <laughs> Alright. On to some streaming news. The first 42 dub episodes of Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die are now streaming on Hoopla. One day I'll actually make time to watch them. Hoopla <laughs> um, is also streaming the English dub of World Trigger Season 3. But they don't have the second season on their service. <laughs> Do they have Season 1? I did not check if they have Season 1. I'm not sure if the article actually even said they did. I'm going to assume... Okay, this is actually silly to realize this. But was there even a dub for Season 1? <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not. You were the one who put this in the script, Justin. You should put take this responsibility in the script. And be the one to look. Just to up. only note that 
season at the second season and what while well, they added the third season that was the only weird thing that i had to know so look it is what it is um moving on uh netflix now has season two of demon slayer notes when they see season two when they had this announcement they was not sure which what it meant it was just mugen train entertainment district or a combination of both i checked today it's just moving train so that's their season two up on netflix and a bit of final bit of streaming news a little early summer uh 2022 jump uh so we got zom 100 percent bucket list of the dead the anime got announced and it's gonna be up on hulu so it looks like we're gonna have that we had that first early announcement of a simulcast show and then um Low-key, I don't think this was really officially said. If Viz and Disney have, like, a streaming kind of deal, maybe they kind of do, because now we have Bleach on the service, and then we have Zom. That's going to be just on Hulu. So, and be interesting to look and see what's going to be the collaboration there in the near future. All right. And now, for the bulk of this episode, we are going to talk about the winter 2023 anime season. Uh, I was about to say all of it, but no, definitely not all of it, since I have like three or five titles I still want to see. Justin, I don't know if you got around to everything you wanted to. Uh, there's a lot. I think like, I think I described the season as there's a whole lot of mid-tier shows. Yes. But so, it's kind of yes. hard to figure out from a glance which one is actually going to be mid-tier, so you kind of need to try them out or read it, a bunch of reviews of people who've tried them out to figure out what's mid-tier. Yeah, so we will that... help you guys in that endeavor <laughs> by saying what we watched and if it is mid-tier or not. Yeah, that that's the thing, though. There's a lot of, like, either borderline good to actually good titles this season. Just not something that really stands out, really. Unless you're, like, I guess we're watching Vinland Saga, I think. Um, but, yeah, there's just a lot of those that are in that peripheral of, like, good to almost average it's in that section but there's so there's a so many and i i told you about this um uh when we i think when we talked about the fall when i said like well this was nice but i think winter's gonna have more titles than i'm gonna be watching and so far that has borne through because a couple of these i've read the light novels or it's a manga uh i think just the light novels or yeah maybe yeah just the, and the manga for for some of these um so i read those so i'm like okay i'm looking forward to seeing how it's adapted anime um but then you just have other shows that are just like oh that's kind of interesting and so i might be interested in that so yeah hell i'll just admit there were some shows i had on this list i was going to try to uh, on my personal list i was going to watch like inspector season two mm-hmm. high card and high card is mid-tier i don't think you need to watch that one <laughs> <laughs> early preview of what you're going to say later but yeah i i was like yeah i'm i'm gonna have to cut these because <laughs> there's just so much i'm already watching so i'm gonna Kick things off of what I am watching. Going to start with the sequels. Bofur is back. Maple is back. And Maple, once again, finding the wrong boss when she has to actually go somewhere else, is also back too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the first episode was kind of like, I guess, like a little mini special where they had like kind of a Christmas kind of, hey, everybody's back kind of episode. Yeah, I do um, remember that the show was originally supposed to air in like the fall. So I wonder if this was supposed to be like an end of season special. Although I have not actually watched Bofuri season two yet, so I'm just speculating no. here. Well, well, my plan is usually to focus on what's new, since if it's a sequel, I know I already liked it, and I'll get to it later. 
okay, but you need to just see the 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 the, the, the terror the terror that Maple is when she just randomly goes to a, a, a boss level and just learns up another word skill, and everybody's just like, not this again. But it's not the people you thought you you think would be impressed or surprised. I mean, I also was thinking, okay, I'm gonna save Bofuri for when I'm having let some like. When I'm feeling down, you know, to cheer me up. And then I had a day when I was feeling down to cheer me up. But I, then the problem is, is that I just feel too guilty to actually watch anime <laughs> at those points. So I'm having to uh, reevaluate some of my plans. <laughs> but okay, I mean, you, can't, yeah. you have to admit, watching Maple does cheer you up an immense amount. Yeah, but then the first episode has cats. and you. I mean, that sounds like it. a good thing. You, see, you need to see the cats. And who the, the surprise character that also likes cats, Helen. You should also see that. I mean, why should I be surprised? Everyone should like cats. Well, you you think, right? And then you find that one person or people that actually just like, I despise cats. And we just don't associate with those people. We, we just don't. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, both, first service is both pretty fun. Just be careful with Sally and her um, very much enthusiastic um, desire to never see haunted things. <laughs> uh, just, just throwing it out there. Um, also watching Tokyo Avengers Season 2. Which is also Christmas themed. <laughs> also Christmas themed, Christmas Showdown arc, and this is another one where it's on Hulu, and it's been a little weird, mostly because I was having to on Crunchyroll. But then, like the first episode of that had the subtitles, which is way off. <laughs> like the mm-hmm. timing was just really bad, so I just said, "Okay, let's just save for later." Um, so I think I watched it later in the week. It was uh, perfectly fine. And the second episode was pretty good too, so don't worry on that. Um, yeah, it's just Takamichi once again in big, big trouble. Last uh, season ended with them in dire straits and obviously uh, in major trouble. But the obvious issue is Takamichi, the only Takamichi he has is knowledge on his side of what's going to happen. He obviously can't fight. He can't Yoshi for anything. <laughs> so it's just a case of how in the heck is this man going to get out of the situation without crying? Is he going to do it? Is it gonna stop crying? No, <laughs> he obviously he, that is that is his his gimmick or what his theme, his uh, trait as the shonen trait. He cries a lot. His stand. That is his stand. It, it, it is crazy a lot. The the one thing I would say that's notable is the fact that um, Mikey obviously one of the big big leaders so far has been missing the first two episodes. Uh, I didn't get just watched the episode yet. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of what's happened to Mikey. How did he lead to this situation? Um, so once again, got to figure out what that's happening. And once again, if Takamichi can actually save Hinata in this particular alternate universe of time travel. So, uh, so interesting. Um, still the same leading films type of production. So if you thought, oh, it was a major success, they would get more of a budget. Not not quite. <laughs> or, or just a better production schedule. <laughs> Um, too early to say, but maybe it's a little better. But yeah, we'll we'll find out soon enough. Oh, my final Bofuri thought is that I now want um a crossover between Bofuri and Layback Tamer because it has a lot of the same energy of a how the heck did someone just pull this off? No one was supposed to be able to pull this off yet. <laughs> like, right. what is this person with playing the game in a weird way? And everyone online being like, that person is cool as <laughs> hell for playing this in a weird way. That is an aspiration. <laughs> and then um, my final uh, show I'm going to talk about is technically... A Winter 2023 show. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of wondering what definition of technically you're using here. <laughs> official. It actually launched on an official service, Helen. Look at that. Look at my standards. 
my standards are very low <laughs> for, for just sneaking summertime rendering into the uh, talks. So I think we all know winter... They didn't. Al- means- they also didn't really make an official announcement for this. It was just a couple of people noticing it was Look, up on Hulu. <laughs> they did the same thing. Once for, again, it's um, like Disney. Why are you Black picking Rock up Shooter all these shows? <laughs> and they, they look. I've already yelled at Disney. In fact, when they initially hit the Black, um, the uh, Dawnfall, and well, they didn't do Ble- well. Bleach was a different different case, but when they yeah, just Ble- randomly Bleach just- was this. Yeah, but in that, even then, that was still just really confusing. But we're not talking about Bleach. But yeah, the fact that they just dropped Dawnfall just like randomly without announcements. The only time you really knew about it was if you were following like any voice actors. They started announcing their roles. That was really it. Same thing for Summertime Rendering. Oh, I, WTK tweeted out that, oh yeah, Summertime Rendering is up on Hulu dub and sub. <laughs> and then that's when you start seeing the English talk about voice actors announcing their roles in it. It's just like Disney. And I'm, already, I'm just done with you. <laughs> you had your chance to get me to subscribe to your service and you failed. Sorry to say. But anyways. I found out that my stepbrother has a Disney Plus subscription, so I will now be getting yeah, yeah, it on use, the family account. No, no, I've been using Yeah, no, 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 I'm not paying for yet another subscription uh, service. I am using my sister's. No guilt. <laughs> no guilt whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I watched the uh, first episode of the Dub and Sub. Interestingly enough, the timing for the subs on the app are way off. <laughs> For the first episode, I'm just like, why is this happening? Big theme. It's only on the app. But you know what I ended up finding out? I go to the website, Hulu. It's timed perfectly. What is wrong with your apps, Hulu? What is wrong? And who knows when they're going to fix sometime rendering from the app. So I'm always just the first So you could say that the subtitles weren't rendered or timed properly? I set myself for that, didn't I? I, I, I (laughs) No, I will not be showing myself out. (laughs) um but okay just to sum this one up so yeah this was the spring 2022 show that's now finally airing officially in winter 2023 and uh, i f- did finish the manga one of these few weeks ago um uh, so i'm jumping in and just trying to see just how things are being adapted just only first episode that's up and dub pretty neat um once again the story involves about ushio returning to his home uh, which is home to see. No, off. Ushio is the girl. No, sorry. Um, you're right. Ugh. Give me a second. I will remember this freaking guys. Well, while you're trying to remember, I will say no. that when I was reading the manga, since um, I did a review of the first few volumes, my thought was definitely, oh, I bet this could be, you know, really big. Um, if it was um, simulcast. And yeah, everybody who I've seen watching it on Twitter has been like, I cannot put this show down. This would have generated so much chatter week to week if it had been a weekly show. And it's like, see guys, now it's kind of like, if no one even watches your show, was it worth the licensing for it? Like, have you really convinced people to stick around with your service, to recommend the service to other people, et cetera, et cetera? It's like, no, not really. You're kind of doing yourselves a disservice when you don't like look at the audience that you are planning to sell a service to and, you know, meet them where they expect to be. Yes. Uh, Shinpei, by the way, I would eventually remember. Did you have to Google it? Guy. I did not have to Google it. Okay, I decided. So I, I knew. Time in case you had to Google. I knew I was going to remember it. I, it's just like, sometimes you just mix up so many names. But yes, um, Shinpei returns back home. It's going to go to the funeral to uh, see Ushio and... Learns there's something going on. What is happening here? But before I can really dig into what's actually happening, spo- spoiler, 
stuff happens. <laughs> it's um, an anime. Stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, there is a big twist. So, I think at least it's also tough to market because there's well. I, I mean, you can you can definitely say it's a murder mystery thriller with some elements of time travel, and I feel like that's not too big of a twist uh, of a reveal. You know, we're not right. saying how the time travel works because there's definite mechanics to it or what's involved in it. Right. Um, but uh, also, like, it's a small, insular Japanese island. Anime has taught me this is the perfect setting for horror. <laughs> uh, and that's before we even get to, like, the creepy hospital on the island. Right, that's right. We're, there's just lots of things to get into. But yes, Summertime Rendering, first episode, both fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to watching more a little bit later tonight. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't watched it, that well, obviously, if you were waiting for the official... Um, to be officially on a service yes it's now it's there now go watch it looks like it's gonna be pretty good um so yeah that's my thoughts on the stuff that's kind of not newish but sort of newish for the season all right for me the only sequel i've really checked out so far is um surune season two um Jirune, maybe we, we um all of us who are watching still need to like workshop a proper like nickname for the second season and I had forgotten it's five full years since it um, aired, um, since it's a Kyoto animation show, and they actually take their time so that they can have a small number of staff, like, make the show look good. And the show looks really good, like, possibly even better than the first season did, and the first season was no slouch. I'm very happy to have it back, although it is kind of funny that now that our um, main character has kind of dealt with some of his anxieties over archery, he's just much more chill <laughs> compared to the entire first season, which is a strange moment. Although, as of the third episode, it looks like there will be some old dramas coming back, so I'm sure that he will have, you know, some anxieties sooner or later. But yeah, definitely having fun with it. Although, I don't know if the first season is streaming anywhere now, since it's not on High Dive. Sentai it's not Crunchyroll? I don't... It might be on Crunchyroll. Um, I do know that Sentai put out the physical release of the first season because I have it. But yeah, it's, um, with, with all these anime companies, you know, getting together and then having messy breakups, it just makes it so hard to, you know, recommend shows. When it's like, you got to subscribe to two different services, you know, to watch it. Like, it's very annoying. <laughs> kind of makes you wish everyone would like sub license to Netflix or something, you know, once a show is done, you know, kind of like once an American TV show is over, you might be able to catch on a couple different services, but we live in a t strange media time right now. <laughs> yeah, way too strange. And then obviously, anime production is just terrible right now. <laughs> so, um, who knows how to write and all that good stuff is is like. <clears throat> so, all right, once again, or actually, it's been a while. I, I haven't really had like a t uh, general order. Yeah, I was looking of, at this of, and I was of... like, "Is this a less than signs? Like, did Justin actually order his list? Because I, actually, I definitely yes, did not. I actually finally put up legitimate order for all of the stuff that I disliked and liked uh, in terms of new stuff for the winter uh, treasury season. So, yes, I actually did it. It's a miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had these... that you pulled yourself away from Fire Emblem to do all this. Leave, leave me <laughs> Fire Emblem engaged alone. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to get to what I ended up dropping and what I ended up... Um, the one title that I'm just, like, maybe holding on against my better judgment. <laughs> um... So Ice Guy and his cool female colleague. Um, interesting enough that you got the adult workplace romantic 
type of work that's happening here. It's a little bit of a comedy where you have Himaru, who's the descendant of a Yukiona, the snow woman, who's got the ice powers. He's just constantly, always just nervous. He gets stressed out and when he gets a little bit of that, he's just like, ice, snowman, little snow, little snowman. Or he gets like really excited, like, oh, it's so great. Ice, snowman. So yeah, um, he ends up meeting one of his colleagues, Fuyuski, who's just very chill, stoic, emotionless. And they kind of have a rapport together. They seem kind of nice together. That's kind of really it. <laughs> there, there's some parts where it's like, oh, it's nice. And in the second episode, he ends up, the thing is, like, if it's really hot, he just ends up turning into a child. So Fuyuski ends up seeing him in his child state. But she ends up helping it out. Oh, you it's mean a, like literally turns into a child, not yes, like has an like emotional breakdown? Because I was going to say that's very relatable. I also have that when I get hot. <laughs> like he literally just turns small. He's just like a child. Um, he just needs some ice to like kind of like cool down. And she ends up helping him out. And it's actually kind of a sweet moment, even though she sneaks and takes a pick of him when he's a kid because he's really cute. <laughs> he Ma'am, like... don't do this without consent. It gets creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she feels really guilty about it. But yeah, she just couldn't help herself um but that overall moment when that happened was just touching it was kind of nice but overall the anime is kind of boring i just the third episode like well i was like at the end of it i was like am i really gonna keep up with this i don't know if i want to do this and then with this kind of a patch season i just said yeah i can't do it uh i will at some point check out the manga just see how the pacing went because that was the one thing that i didn't like especially at the first episode the pace was just really weird like, it was just kind of, like, I know these characters are kind of, like, chill in a way and all that stuff, but it just kept really slow. And I just didn't find it working for a bit. And, yeah, overall, I just say, yeah, I, I just can't do this thing myself. And The Giant Beast of Ours is another one that I was, like, I, I didn't think I would drop out the first episode. It was kind of, like, all, a lot first episode, where you start with a flashback. And then eventually you get to a flashback where, okay, you have these beasts that are roaming the, the world and they need to be defeated by these hunters, essentially. And you have these two characters, Jiro, and then later on we Kumi, who seems to escape like one of these prisons. Uh, she's considered like these prototype for some sort of organization. And there was something about it that worked visually where I just liked watching it. But there were still just like things where I'm just like, uh, I think they could have just maybe move the thing or two somewhere else. So just explain it some t- other time. But overall, I was digging the first episode and then I watched every episode and I just got to like the eight or 10 minute mark and I just really stopped caring. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like, I was watching, I, I granted, this was happening on a day I just kind of watched a lot of anime that day. But then all of a sudden, I was just like, I'm not sure I really care about any of these characters. How can I not care about the cute cat character? It just shows up out of nowhere and is trying to peddle her wares and speaks like meow or like she has like wears her sense with meow or something, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, it just really, I don't know, it's just really mysterious. But I just really didn't want to continue after the second episode. I just say, yeah, I think what I watched was enough. I don't know if it's bad. I don't think it was like bad or anything. It's just like, yeah, I don't want to watch anymore. So somebody else will tell me if it's worth picking back up. Let's see. I watched the first two episodes as well. Uh, I know the third episode is out and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. This one is one of those ones where I'm feeling like it's kind of mid-tier. It has, 
it reminds me so much of like the fantasy series you would get in like the late aughts or early 2010s except all those fantasy series would be you know two cores they would have time for a bit of a slow start before really getting going and this is only supposed to be 12 episodes so i'm like concerned about <laughs> that um yeah visually for some reason the character designs remind me a little bit of zammed but that is another show where it's like i'm still deeply offended that the show was not as great as it promised to be by the first episode <laughs> um so i genuinely don't know if i'm gonna continue on with this one or not um it's not like endearing itself to me as a must watch must keep up with title at this point okay um the other show where i'm like i probably should not be watching this anymore but i will probably watch until it just says it, it just does enough to where i'm like yeah i just can't do this anymore uh spy classroom which um is probably much the perfect definition of okay you know how you have your your different mediums you have your light novels your manga your anime and they all have to be adapted to a degree to fit how the medium is i think this is a good example of a light novel that was i read the first volume it's actually pretty good i took advantage of the novel format the whole spy uh espionage format and watching the anime you can tell they did not attempt to try and convert it into an anime so i will say that i read the first few volumes of the manga review coming at some goddamn point and the manga is not good like um maybe the story wouldn't have been for me anyway but the manga just looks so phoned in art wise the trailers for the anime look better than that at least yeah um i, so I do I know what you're talking about about worked better in prose than visual since i've seen another person talk about that and it was actually something i had noticed when i started reading the manga i was like there's a fundamental difference in the setup between these two series huh <laughs> yeah so uh just for those who for just quick summary um uh, basically a war a big war happened obviously war is bad and instead of uh continuing with just bad wars all these nations and everything got into peace treaty and all that good stuff so on the surface everything is nice and hunky-dory but in the shadows, no, that's where the spies are operating. So one of the particular spies, Claus, was originally sent on like a mission separately from his group Inferno, and he was the only like survivor. Um, sometime later, um, he is tasked to operate an what is known as an impossible mission, and he has to do it with what is considerably known as these washouts. Uh, girls who are at academies, because he's places that now spy academies and for one reason or another these particular girls were not skilled or qualified or whatever to keep up with the spy academies but claus is like yes we're gonna all take we're all gonna come together and do this mission possible mission in another month the issue is these girls are new and he can't teach a lick this man sucks at teaching so no skill in the world that he has like he considers himself the great. He was called the greatest spy in the world by his teacher, his former teacher. Yes, that's great, but you need to actually be able to show these to your to your students, and he can't do that. So there's an intrigue of these girls coming together as a, like a nice family, getting to learn each other, do trial and error, and the anime just doesn't work because <laughs> it, it it relies on like all oh, you know. There's definitely some things you gotta hide here and everything because there's just something going on within the, the building just how things are operating and yeah it's just damn it just doesn't work it really doesn't 
So like I said, the only reason why I'm probably keeping up with it is because of how it looks and because of the voice acting. Because I kind of just like how the voice acting is going. And, and on the, the the I know you probably may have seen like tweets about the revealed next character. You know, Minasi's voice on here. So it's like, okay, I may have to just stay for a couple more episodes. But yeah, we'll just have to see how the animation studio adapts anything else. I've only read the first volume. I did kind of start the a bit of the second volume. But yeah, I'm, I can't really recommend it because it just cuts so much stuff in the um, anime. Like, it, they decided to condense the first volume in the first three episodes. Not always a good recipe for success. Yeah, from the reviews I saw of the first few anime episodes, it sounds like it's definitely going a lot faster than the manga adaptation does. So... Yeah, I read the manga and I was like, this has thoroughly put me off from being interested in the anime. So I did not even try it. Uh, but speaking of adaptations where I was like, I need to see the anime for this. Uh, I am so enjoying Endo and Kobayashi Live. Um, I think the full title is, you know, the latest updates on the villainous Gwisolot. Um, But just look up Endo and Kobayashi. You'll be able to find it. And it is so much fun following two dorks who are playing an Otome game that Kobayashi is a big fan of. And as they're playing it and doing kind of, you know, a little bit of like, let's play commentary, uh, a couple of the characters in the game start being able to hear them. And they're like, oh my God. Oh, 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 we can create our own perfect route. Since um, the game they're playing, uh, Love Me Magically or Magic Koi, is an Otome game, which means that it gets real dark at parts and lots of characters die and stuff like that. And, um, Kobayashi and then Endo are big fans of the villainous Lisa Lot, and th th they feel like she has been, you know, very unfairly portrayed in the game and never gets a good ending. So now they're trying to, like, talk her um, fiance, the prince, through, you know, like, oh, she's acting like this, but she's actually just being a tsundere, you know, like, she actually wants to be included in this. And they're just improving everybody's relations with each other. And just a lot of little moments in it are very funny. Like, um,. Another character in the game is obviously Fine, the main character, and we see her about to have a duel, and it's with two guys, and she's just, and they're like, yeah, she's a healer, but, and I mean, she doesn't cock a gun, but she, like, cracks her knuckles and then, like, immediately punches the two of them out with magic or something. Uh, the novels are so much fun. I read both of them when J-Novel put them out, like, a year or so ago. Um, just, <laughs> just very, very funny. Uh, I enjoy both the Endo and Kobayashi side and also the Magic Koi side. Um, it does look a little lackluster. I felt like <laughs> a little bit of more tension could have been put into like framing shots, etc., etc. But it gets the job done. And by it gets the job done, I mean it gets even more people invested in the story. And I'm so glad. The one difference I've seen is that um, in the novels, we start out with Endo also already being a fan of the series. Um, Kobayashi has him, like, play the fan disc first so he can understand Lisa Lot's, um, thoughts before playing the main game. And in the anime, they've changed it up so he plays that fan disc, like, in between episodes one and two. So by the start of episode two, he's like, I, he's like, yes, I love her too. Like, I cried so much. Like, how can this game do this to my emotions? Um, but it's very fun. It is definitely going to get ridiculous later on, and I think people are going to have mixed feelings on the ridiculousness of it, but... Oh well. Yeah, but you you mentioned the 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 look. Uh, the, the when I got to the fighting in episode three, I was just like, no, <laughs> please. When they find the monsters, like no, please. 
please stop. <laughs> Don't do this. Um, but yeah, aside from that, yeah, this is um, this is actually definitely one of the mini shows I'll probably be keeping for the rest of the season because it's just really fun. Um, definitely looking forward to watching how um, Liza Lot will be continuing to um, not display her feelings for the one she loves. Uh, the whole Liza Lot is a very good joke that I had to throw out about that one. Um, oh, yeah, and the character um, who's hearing the two of them commenting, he hears Sundari, but he doesn't quite try to parse it, so he's like, Sundaraz? Sundaraz. <laughs> Uh, and I people are like, oh, it's a French pronunciation, but I've seen French fans of the show being like, lol, no, we, we say Sundari too. I, I don't know what he's hearing. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the, the, the translation can only go so far. <laughs> Kobayashi, Endo. <laughs> um, but yeah, despite the visuals, I am still having a really good time with it. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching more of it for sure. Oh, one last thing about the visuals is that... Um, I did notice in the anime, it's definitely an extra level of unsettling when the characters like Sigrid starts talking back to Endo and Kobayashi. Since in the mo novels, you can just imagine however you want. But in the anime, you can see that it's clearly still like a very typical visual novel format. And the characters just suddenly going completely off script, you know, just still, or you know, appearing with like their standard character portrait model. And I was like, oh God, that would be so creepy in real life. Like I would just be like, turn off the TV, throw the game station out the window. <laughs> Uh, go, like, perform some exorcism rituals, you know. <laughs> I would have been so much more freaked out than these kids. Uh, Alright, this is the, um... Mate... Okay, this one time I'm gonna... I might drop this third episode. It's pretty poor. That'd be Hanuman Saito in another world. Um... This one's more interesting the fact that this is obviously a case where you got the Handyman just randomly summoned or brought over, reincarnated... Yeah, it doesn't tell us what it is. I think it was just summoned to another world. She's just brought over to do handyman work with fantasy-like uh, people. So warriors, clerics, elves, all that good stuff. Mages. Um, the thing is, this cast like an old man, a uh, very tiny fairy, and a knight, a female knight, in, like all this armor. And he's just basically doing the odd jobs. But he's being very appreciated for these odd jobs. Because back in his real world, he was... At one point, just like why, like he was yelling, he was getting yelled at by one of these people, like you just opened my door. Why did I, why did I pay you this much? So he feels very fulfilled in his new world. So first episode was it? Was, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> first episode was pretty fun. Um, I was enjoying the pacing of that. Episode two was more mixed, unfortunately. Um, so the thing is, like, I'm kind of not looking forward to Saito actually fighting, which it, it might be weird to say this, but I just kind of like them when he's just trying to open chests and. Unfortunately, getting caught by mimics <laughs> or getting like, uh, re unfortunately, like falling in the traps or whatever. Um, but him actually like trying to fight, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think it's a good idea. Like, eh, not much. And then, um, the story also has like vinegets with like other type of fantasy, like, or class type of uh, fighting um, people. So, like, you have the, um, yeah, these other classes that showed up. But the second episode had this, um, thing with this elf who fights, like, close up with a cleric who loves healing the elf. Loves. It's kind of, unfortunately, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> it was just not, just kind of creepy. Um, and then they pull off the joke where, you know, like, the, the, the female, the, the 
one of the female on rails uh she basically you can't really see her face or body or anything like that because she's all in full armor but then they have the joke where the slime shows up and it melts her armor ah good joke i mean okay look she is hot i won't deny that but but still it's just a, it's just a common thing uh back out to see if people are just like yeah that that's not good so um yeah very mixed bag for seven episode i am very much curious how the third episode is gonna be it came out today um i don't know if i'll watch it today or tomorrow but that's one that's on the fence so i'll see about that and i think this other one okay the next two are not quite on the fence um i'll probably be watching this for the rest of the season but they're definitely a tip of the other stuff so nijian the nijigasaki girls are back in very small short form i guess these are like three episode uh three minute uh, episodes of all these nijigasaki girls just you know doing their thing and yui just being like support me or sorry i'm supporting you i'm so all you um so it's nothing obviously revolutionary because it's just shorter episodes it's just a case of hey if you miss nijigasaki girls here you go Watch it sooner, and you use a uh, is it use a Zang? Oh, I can't remember her name. Ah, me and my names. Um, yeah, but watch all the all the girls just get together once again, but in essentially smaller chibi like form. And then the last one, I literally was like, okay, third episode or bust for the angel next door spoils me rotten, where. Amani just meets up with my hero near the park. Uh, he ends up comforting her. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, everything's good. We're all good. Everything's chill. So you're you're fine." And before he knows it, my hero's just randomly taking care of her. Why is he she doing that? No one knows, but it does help that they're basically next door neighbors. <laughs> the human intensifies. Um, so yeah, just really, just really sweetness, romantic. The anime. I don't think there's anything. Aside from what exactly is going on with uh, Mahiru's parents, because she very much seems to have issues with them. But aside from that, it's just mostly just like these two getting together and eventually pressing their love to each other um, in their small ways. They have obviously not going out or anything like that, because right now Mahiru is considered like the angel at her school, so she's like really popular. So then he's lost the boys like her. Meanwhile, Mario's, uh, I'm sorry, Amani's kind of down, the downward guy. Um, he does have a few friends, but nobody really associates with him that much. But because of how Mahiro has been taking care of her, care of him, cooking, cleaning, all that good stuff, he's been looking way better. Um, there's something about it that just draws you to it, and this service will kind of mix things up where then the mother shows up, uh, Amani's mother shows up, and points out, uh, there's this segment where Amani is like, no, you can't come in here. The reason why, because my, my hero is actually there. But his mom points out, hey, who's the one paying for this apartment? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, something about it still drops me to it. So I'm probably going to continue on. But it was actually a case where it took three episodes for me to figure out if I want to keep it or not. So we'll see if it continues. It looks like it will mix things up just enough to where it's like, okay, I think I can probably see where this is going to go for the rest of the season uh let's see and now we've got a show that was somewhat unfortunately scheduled right after spy family we've got buddy daddies which justin for some reason in the script has written down as buddy diaries whoops 
Whoops. And I, I thought I, you know what's funny? I looked and I thought I fixed it. <laughs> I also funny you've written down giant beasts of arc instead of ours. Uh, too many names. You should have, oh, it, it's, okay, fine. Since we're going out there. I also misspelled um, Campfire Cooking uh, in Little World. Uh, the last part of it. Uh, I can't remember what I said, but it was not an absurd skill. So, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so Buddy Daddies is two guys. They're roommates. No, not that kind of roommates. Literally just roommates. Um, they do spy things. Uh, they've now semi-adopted a four-year-old girl because they killed her dad <laughs> in one of their jobs because he was like a child smuggler. And now they're having to raise a child. And um, I thought I was going to like this more than I did. I mean, first up, in the first episode, one of the guys has like picked up a stray cat and the other roommate's like, no, we can't take care of this. So he reabandons the cat outside. And I've had some people tell me, whoa, spoilers. I'm like, no, that's a content warning. Like, we're abandoning an animal there. <laughs> I was glad that I had a heads up about that one. Because that, that just, I mean, it wasn't making me have, like, a breakdown or anything. But it definitely made me severely annoyed with the show. Because, of course, you know, it's setting up for the joke later on. Hey, how come I can't have a cat, but you can have a kid? And um, just, I don't know, with somebody who's done even just babysitting... <laughs> I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, so you got your guys' idea of leaving a four-year-old alone by themselves for hours just to give them a bunch of, like, sugary snacks to work on? It's like, do you guys want an apartment to come back to? Like, babysitters exist, you know? Daycares exist. And we know that they eventually well, figure something like that out. But it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it just, I thought the show would be funnier than it is. And I just, I'm not connecting really to any of the characters. Part of the problem is that four-year-olds are, um... Four-year-olds are a lot, just to start with. Um, I, I felt like Anya worked because she was incoherent in the way that small children often are, but well, we get so for, many for, of her thoughts for, that it was for, easy to figure out for, why she was for, being incoherent. For, but here with Muri, it's kind of, it's a little harder to get her chain of thought. She's kind of more like a well, for, animated wrecking ball. Well, look, you can't really compare the two because one's a psychic. And, and this one's a sidekick. <sighs> Not again. <laughs> I'm not apologizing. Continue. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I've seen the first two episodes, and it's, I mean, I'll probably watch more of it, but it's definitely not really high up on my gotta watch this now list. Just not grabbing me the way I hoped it would. Okay, so we'll disagree on this one. I love it. Well, well, okay. Love is probably too strong. I am <laughs> very much having a good time with it. Um, personally, I just... It just it's just wild enough for me to like yes this is absolute nonsense and I am enjoying it. I mean look at all those gunshots that are not heading their target. How is this actually possible in real life? <laughs> um, and it also Miri is indeed a lot. Where you almost question is she actually this normal? Is she actually a normal girl? Um, I, I mean yes to that answer yes definitely. I've had some cousins who have been that um active. And then uh, I will again argue, basically, yes, these two are obviously in a dangerous profession. Why would they have any idea of how to take care of a kid that just randomly pop up out of nowhere? They, The kid popped up at a Christmas party. What is this? She wanted cake, and then she dropped, she saw the cake and jumped the, what, grabbed the cake. <laughs> but but I, the only thing I will say is I, I think I get what you're going for. The connection between what type of levels of, like, violence and this, this, you have this kid that they got to take care of. It's kind of a mix because you obviously have these uh, guys shooting at people and killing people. And then you have the, oh, yeah, Miri, yeah, daddy, papa. So I think there is a tonal. I, I, I'm worried about the tonal dissonance between, like, 
this fun, it's supposed to be a funny side, but then you have the action-heavy side. Um, obviously, when you think about the Spy X family, it kind of balances out a bit differently because it's going for definitely more humorous bent. Um, but yeah, Buddy Diaries probably has to figure out where he wants to really go. But when I watched, um, I watched the episode uh, today. Um, I've been having a good time personally. Uh, I've, been, I've been finding it pretty fun. All right, let's see. All right, so I talked about. And the Kobayashi. So pretty much, I think everything else I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure I'm keeping for the rest of the season, unless just some episode or two shows up, and I'm just like, what is wrong with all your staff and all of your creators for, for doing this? But yeah, I don't think I'm going to be dropping any of these. So uh, talked about beauties. So I already talked about buddy. I can't believe I put diaries. What's wrong with me? So I already talked about buddy, buddy daddies. Um, Tomo Chan is a girl. Um, what's really weird about this one is because I read the first volume of this years ago. I kind of bounced off of it a bit. It was like it was done like these short panels, and I'm just like, eh, don't really get it, or it wasn't really that funny. So basically, the premise is obviously, um, Tomo Chan has this big crush on her friend June, and he really wants to like do kind of things like dating and all that good stuff, girlfriend, boyfriend, all that stuff. The problem is June sees her as like a, one, of the, one of the guys because they've known each other for so long. And he basically needs to, she, she's basically trying her best to get him to know it. It's like, yes, I actually like love you in that way, not as a bro or as a friend or anything like that. And the thing is, June is kind of aware of this in some ways because obviously he's known her so long and obviously you can't really hide the fact that she is a girl. Um, there is a way to talk about acts where she's like, Almost like like okay, I can see why June would think this, but he obviously realizes that yeah, June's like Tomo's a girl, but he's doing his best to try to like not hide this affection for her. But um, that part is okay. It's just like okay, it's a general general gender type of things that they gotta maybe say something about. But what I ended up enjoying the most about this is the supporting characters. Like sometimes an anime can make or break by its supporting characters, and the supporting characters in this are just chaotic enough. <laughs> I'm just like yes. They're awesome. Carol, um, uh, actually, I want to make sure. Yeah, Carol, I think it's just the, the foreigner, the American, uh, character who shows up. Uh, obviously, it was notable at the start where you have the voice actor, Sally Amaki, doing both the Japanese and English versions of that. And she's, she's basically, I can both, where she just talks in a way that's just like, how does this work out so well? And it, yet, her timing is just really good. And how she just shows up and just, like, pokes and just prods and, annoys Tomo in a way and it's just really funny and then Muzizu is just like the oh my god like she just had this kind of crazy energy within her and it's the recent episode where she explains um oh yeah I was I was back in middle school before you really knew it, each other all that good stuff that well uh or that before we knew each other that well um that would be um Muzizu and Tomo I used to date June but for only three days <laughs> Yeah, we were not the the, the facts there, and that's hilarious, and how they dated. It was just like, oh wow, I can see why you gave up on him. Um, yeah, so the, the, there's the the bounce, and then they the Carol and Misuzu talk to each other, and they just the the best tag team, which is really good. So yeah, I'm having a great great time with the supporting characters. So they're more interesting than the main the main two. So all that combination, and you know what, I I dig it. I think I'm probably gonna watch rest of the season um probably for any other 
reason Sugar Apple Fairy Tale would be like, oh my god, this is actually really good. It looks good visually. Um, the premise between, oh look, this girl who really wants to make out, she wants, her, she lost her, and I should put say her name. She lost her mother really recently. She's aiming to become a sugar silver artisan. I think she actually wants to be a master, but details for now. It's a candy maker. <laughs> candy maker, basically. Um, she doesn't want to get caught up in this marriage between this, this weird witch guy, Jonas. Uh, she basically wants to set her own and do her stuff. She's still not even very much ways. I'll get into the Navy really soon. So it's just there. just like it got a personal character and all that good stuff. But the problem is, like I said, any other season is probably like one of the top of faves, but there is a catch. <laughs> yes, there's the world where humans and fairies do not quite get along. And in fact, there was one time where the humans just said, yeah, we're going to stop these fairies from doing what they want. So now you can only purchase these fairies. Yay, slavery. Yeah, I uh, remember trying out a little bit of the manga, the manga adaptation, and she doesn't like the idea of its slavery but she's still participating in it so it's like that's it's, it's like that meme that it's like that meme or that comic that you see uh about participating society like this ah <laughs> uh, i see you hate society and yet you still participate in it yeah um it's that case where she has this idealistic and naive emotion of of notion of thinking she can be the only one to change things um but right now she wants to accomplish her goal of becoming one of these uh can one of these uh, masters in order to do that she needs to get to a particular place but it's not it's gonna be treacherous to get there how do i get there oh yeah i gotta buy a fairy <laughs> uh one of the fairies is like a warrior fairy child and he's obviously experienced he's long he, he's he's known he's seen some stuff and, and of course, he's also an attractive guy who looks close to her age. So it's like you were definitely supposed to be shipping these characters as well. And it's like, Ooh, yeah, that's awkward. yeah. Um, so, yes, it's actually honestly like for this is all JC staff that's doing this for them. This is actually a really well produced show. Like it looks visually good, appealing. But of course, you got the issue with the problematic part. But uh, I'm very curious to see how or if later on, like they're basically set. They basically frame, obviously, like you can tell, obviously. This is awful. We don't need to tell you. We don't have to remind you that slavery is bad. This is bad. Um, I'm curious to see how or if um, Anne's like mentality can change, even once she supposedly she aims to like once this is done, she wants to like free um, Chow. But what's going to happen after that? Like, what's what's going to be a story? Because Chow also has some backstory um, that was explained in this recent episode. Um, about why he's thinking about a particular character he used to know, and it was a human, uh, but what and why he's he um, he's reminded of that person when he looks at uh, Anne. So there's definitely some interesting things here. But then the last episode also has stuff go down in that one too. So it's like, oh no, you, it it ends a really nasty cliffhanger. Just like, oh, you mean I actually got to wait till the next episode to see what's gonna happen? Just very nasty stuff, guys. Nasty stuff. I'll see you next week, <clears throat> monsters. All of you are monsters. Uh, I need a little break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so you mentioned that you hadn't gotten around to seeing High Card yet, and I did see the first two episodes, and it was just kind of mid, which I did expect to an extent since they showed the first episode early at Anime NYC, and I saw nobody talking about it. Like, even friends who I knew had specifically tweeted that they were going to the showing just did not post about it afterwards. It's, um... 
another one of these, um, not exactly a spy th thriller, but sort of a spy, definitely a thriller, definitely engaging in a little bit of the Cold War aesthetic because I guess that's in right now. That's weird. Um, we've got a we've got a guy, and he wants to save the orphanage he grew up in because they need money because the bad landlord is gonna you know kick them out. And there was some mysterious deck of cards in, in the kingdom that got stolen recently, and the cards scattered to the winds. And if you have one of the cards, you can use them for special powers. And I think they're related to nicknames for the cards. It's a standard fifty-two deck. I think it's 52. I don't think they've got Joker in there for 53. Um, so, like, he's got, like, the two of spades. We see some other people who've got, like, um, I think one person had, like, the ten of hearts or the ten of diamonds. So, you know, it should be, like, this flashy, action-y thing. But it just feels kind of rote in its setup. And also, like, it's banking on you liking the characters immediately and their, you know, dynamics of, oh, they're partners now. And I just was not sold on that either immediately. So... This one, I'm less sure if I'm going to continue with it. It just, it's got a stylish looking OP. And, and the ending is kind of hilarious because it's like partially lip synced by like the, who I guess are going to be the five main characters. But just didn't really give me anything new. And it didn't give me anything I've seen before, but really well done. You know, it's got to do one or the other. <laughs> So yeah, Justin, on, on your to watch list, you can put that one down. Kind of. Oh, oh no, 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 no! I, I, I literally like I was watching too much. That's one of the cuts. I didn't even get it. If somebody says at the end of the season, oh yeah, it turns out really good, I will I'll probably add it to my list. I, I took that off my list. <laughs> no, you've already taken it off. Okay. Yeah, I already, yeah, I already took it off. So yeah, um, and it sounds like yeah, I probably should just let it remain off the list for a good while. <laughs> so, um, all right, gonna kind of reward this a little bit. So I'm going to talk about the, the isekai and the not isekai. And then I talk about the sports anime. The sports goes anime. So, campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill. <sighs> Long isekai titles. Ugh. So yes, um, I actually read the manga for this. Um, I like it. Uh, you got this crazy, uh, once again, you got these characters being summoned into another world and you got these young kids being told by these kingdom people, hey, please save us. Please save the world. And they get nice powers and all that stuff. And Mukoda does not. <laughs> this guy was just an older guy. He's what, I think he was 27, 28 or something like that. And he only gets the skill online grocery. What are you going to do with an online grocery? Obviously, they don't know. So he basically, um, Mukoda tells the king and all those people, hey, if you just make a deal, I'll get out of your way, but just let me do my thing. And basically, he does his thing. And along the way, he ends up um, meeting up these adventurers. They collaborate. They, they get together. They have fun. They do all that good stuff on their journey. He shows them their co his cooking skills. He's obviously like, oh, yeah, I can make good food because, oh, I can just go to online grocery and I can just go get these condiments and everything. It's all good. So this Until isn't the guy who... Uh who, like, worked in a restaurant in its past life and then died in a fire. This is not No, no, story. no, no. Because there's, like, two isekai stories with nearly the exact same name, and I've read a little bit of that other one on J-Novel Club, and I keep getting them mixed up. So, yeah, I noticed that Sweet Reincarnation, 
that's probably one on G Network Club that I, I know I haven't checked it out, but I, that might be I, it. I but, will um, look it up while you keep talking. But. Okay, but yes, yeah, so but okay, yeah, everything's going good for Mahoka. Everything is all hunky dory. Like, oh yeah, there was some struggles on the way over, but they got the fantasy adventure. They got the got his party to help him out, and then all of a sudden, this big, giant, supernatural and powerful wolf, Fenrir shows up, and he's hungry. <laughs> that pup wants some food that big pup wants some food he smelled that thing he was like okay i need to eat all your food and gets muhoka to just cook all the meat that they just they literally just killed one of the boars and everything and now they have to use it all up because that dude is powerful and he wants food but the food was so good he wanted to form a contract with muhoka and now he has got a really powerful funnier on his side and that's basically that's been the first couple episodes still Establishing things, excuse me. <clears throat> so establishing things, and of course later on we're going to get the slime showing up. So that'd be great. Um, Can't have any Sky Show without slimes these days. Got got the cute slime coming up at some point. But yes, um, Mappa is doing it again, um, making the food look really good. Making sure that if you watch the show, please eat first and then watch. Um, yeah, once again, one of those chill shows of the season. So it's definitely a Definitely different from Reborn to Master the Blade, from Hero King to Extraordinary Squire, minus a uh, female. Oh, but first, I figured out which other title I was confusing it with. I was confusing it with Cooking with Wild Game. Okay, yeah, okay. That's another one. That's true. Okay, but anyways, uh, uh, another long, isek- not Isekai title. These mysterious, okay, I'm going to die, but then reincarnate. Like a hundred or two hundred years later, it's still in the like same fantasy world. Years later, um, I think for reborn, it's not that long. Yeah, I, I read a little bit of the light novel, and it wasn't interesting enough for me to keep going. But I thought they had said a thousand years. No, I think it's you may have gotten the mix. There's there's a bunch of these good titles that had this almost similar premise. You yeah, got, this for, is where, for like, all you know, for all you know, you could have got a mix up with the strongest with the strongest stage with the weakest quest. For all no, you I know, I haven't read that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically, um, Hero King, he was like, okay, I did all my st- good stuff at the cost of just not being able to live every my life freely and be able to fight the best and all this stuff. I had to basically fight as a king and all that good stuff. I, I'm tired of it. And now that I'm on my deathbed, at least let me do something different in my next life. Here comes the goddess. It says, okay, I'm going to reward you for reincarnating you and to a new future where you actually just do what you want or basically have the life you kind of want to live in your second life. And this happens. He reincarnates as a girl. Freaks out initially, but because he's just like, okay, look, those matter who I am. I just want to fight the best all around. And that is literally the premise of Reborn to Master of Blade. So we follow Inglis as a baby, baby fights off a dragon no no seriously the, the, the english actually destroys the dragon as a baby uh the ages they do cycle pretty fast so you get you get a bit of the time uh timeline so it's nice it basically is not too dissimilar from the light now with maybe a couple of cuts here and there um but nothing like out of the ordinary honestly um I'd be fine to get fun. It's just a case where English is thinking nothing but, okay, meathead, I gotta fight the best, don't matter if it's actually positive or not. Who are the facts? None of it matters to me. Oh, wait, if I do this, this will get these people from 
to, to scout me and get me to join their group or whatever. Don't care. I'm going to do this instead. Oh, I get this special rune. I am runeless. <laughs> no more runes for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a good time with it. Um, production seems fine. I think they're definitely saving. It's just my opinion or just, just a guess on my part. Definitely saving stuff for certain episodes. So it basically paced pretty well from what I can tell. Um, so yeah, definitely a case where it's just like fighting. It's literally all this girl has on her brain. That's all that matters. And I'm with it. So that's fine. Um, and finally, no worries to go Iskai titles for now. Ipon again. This is one that I definitely want to check out and just have not had the time for yet. Yeah, got time to watch these girls do judo. Uh, Michi, uh, one of the characters, ends up losing in her final middle school match. Oh. And she basically said, no, I'm done. No more judo for me. I'm going to actually quit the judo life, date boys, actually have a filling high school life, all the good stuff. And obviously this does not happen at any, this just does not happen. She still has the judo within her. So she ends up meeting one of the people who defeated her in her last match. Um, name will come to me. Toa. And Are they classmates now? They are now classmates. Just like Haikyuu then. And um, at the bit, pretty fun. Uh, just the, 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 there's four, the four girls. So obviously mentioned Misha and Toa. You have Sane who kind of subverts the, oh, it's supposed to be kind of a shy glasses girl. But she has like. A bit of fierceness in her, which I guess makes sense because she's doing judo. So you gotta have a little bit of take. Gotta be that a little bit of of yeah. I gotta push back here, certain areas. And you have Anna, who is actually at a different um, club. She's in the Kendall Club, but she is she's trying to recruit Michi to her club, but uh, she's failing spectacularly. Uh, the thing is, they actually have it together. And for this high school, um, there's not enough members for the judo club. Um, so the Kendall Club wants to take over basically the entire space, but then Toa's just like, "No, don't do it." I like Ken. I like judo, so we we're still gonna have members here. Um, but again, surprisingly enough, another subversion. Like the way Toa performs in like when she's in matches, kind of fierce and everything. But no, she's actually kind of like tentative and everything like that. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. But the thing is, when she's really passionate about something, she's gonna just push through. So I like the camaraderie between the girls, how they, the personalities basically, and now, uh, their goals are trying to get this, to this uh, judo club back together. Um, as far as I know, they have no, they've not revealed the advisor yet. I think uh, I saw one of the previews for the third episode that they're gonna get into that. Say so yeah, there's still some work to do, but, uh, but good stuff so far. Visuals look pretty good. I think they got the, how these girls interact pretty down pretty good so yeah having a good time with that can't see myself dropping it and if i'm lucky i'll get dubbed but mm -hmm. let's see i also checked out trigon stampede even though i've seen all of the first anime adaptation and the movie that came out like a decade or two like decades later and i've just never been a big fan of trigon just a little too zany for me but all the clips people were posting on Twitter made it look really fun. So I checked out the first two episodes and yeah, it was pretty fun. Although everyone was definitely posting like the best action sequences from each episode already on Twitter. So it wasn't like there was you, you, you. even more for me to see. I'd already been spoiled on it. But um, it still feels very much like Trigun. 
it was funny to see a couple of people online being like, who's saying that Vash is too goofy? It's like, this has been the entire appeal of the dude the entire time. It was also funny when Studio Orange was showing off their um, character designs, you know, for this remake that some people looked at Vash and went, oh no, he's hot now. And some other people were replying with, what do you mean now? <laughs> it was like uh, the two different <laughs> aesthetic appreciations. But um, yeah, it looks fun. Uh, I feel like Studio Orange is taking, you know, the, it's easier to move things three-dimensionally when you've got 3D CGI to start with. I feel like they are just taking this as far as they can and just making the, you know, like the escape sequences, the fights, etc. almost as elaborate as they can. But that's, that's good fun. It's not at the top of my to-watch list. Is there anything at the top of my to-watch list at this point? I don't know. <laughs> but this one, I do think I'm going to pick up and watch intermittently over the course of the season. Um, you, okay, you say that now, but I, I will challenge you if you can to watch episode three. Because I watched sure. it. And you talk about the visuals. Yo. <laughs> this so, episode so it gets three, even better. Okay, I was, I was afraid for a second there. I had a fear in my heart. <laughs> was like... There were these people that were talking that the CG was awful. What is wrong with these people? Have they seen good CG? <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, no. Okay, look. First two episodes, uh, I was still kind of questioning them. I was like, what is wrong with these people? And I get like, okay, in general, 3D and anime just kind of don't mix all the time. So I get that. It's totally understandable. But I'm watching these first two episodes. I'll try again. And I'm like, I don't know, but this looks sick. You see Fast Runner around like that? That was pretty good. Also, then, I feel like in some ways they're using the 3D CGI to in some ways have like the kind of like a little character acting that you would expect from KyoAni. Like in some ways even more realistic than realism. Like a real actor would probably, you know, try to stand, you know, maybe a little bit more stiffly. But the characters here are just sort of always like moving their hands or stuff like that, which I think is really neat and I appreciate. I like it. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah. That was my thoughts first two episodes, and then I watched episode three, and I'm just like, "What the f what?" You could you could what? swear, Justin. It's okay. I am, this, this podcast is marked mature for a reason. I, I, the reason I, being me. But. I, I yeah, there, there was just some stuff happening there. First of all, just story wise, I'm just like, "Ugh, dang, dang, bash, D dang." <laughs> um, just a lot happens in that way. I, I obviously can't spoil it, but. Basically, stuff goes down in the episode. I mean, you, if you you saw that at the end of episode two, so you know stuff's going down, gonna definitely go down. But I mean, it really goes down in episode three. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me know. I, I I challenge you, Helen, to then get a chance to watch it and let me know what you thought. Um, but yeah, um, I will say this: um, I did also watch Trigun as a kid when I was back in like Adult Swim and everything, and I simply don't remember everything about it. So. Uh, just watching this new version of it was actually kind of refreshing in a way. Um, yeah, it's just um, just good stuff. Personally, like I, it, I look, I'm very much looking forward to watching more of it. Like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna watch a dub, but I am just like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a series to keep out. I know, especially for just how Orange is just doing everything, like just some, I, I, like crazy stuff. Like, if anybody is trying to do a CG in the future, they need to just watch this anime. Just need to do it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, and then the last show I've actually had a time to check out so far is the other CGI show this season, uh, Kainai of the Great Snow Sea, which we mentioned a little earlier in the podcast. Uh, it's uh, Polygon Pictures' original story with a little bit of... Um, I know Tetsuo Mihei helped 
to some degree with it. I don't know how much. And it was kind of funny because as I was watching it, I was like, there's a lot of like little visual things in here that kind of remind me of Nausicaa. And I was like, oh yeah, I had that exact same thought about the Drifting Dragons manga, but I wouldn't touch that anime with like a telephone <laughs> pole because of just how butt ugly it looked. Like they, they took the bad CG. I really liked and they made it that ugly. But bad this thankfully CG. looks less ugly. <laughs> <laughs> this definitely looks less ugly, which I think... I think it's primarily helped by the fact that the characters are not wearing jaw dippers, which just apparently do not look good in 3D CGI. <laughs> um, but this one is um, sci-fi in the future. It seems like there's some people who've been living way above the surface of the Earth for a long time and have really lost contact with the people still down on the surface. People on the surface are aware of people in the sky, but not much more than aware. And there's, like, conflicts going on. It has the very topical um, central conflict about water fight. Fights over water, not water fights. That would be something totally different. Um, so this one, yeah, I'm going to stick around a bit for a few more episodes, at least. Um, hasn't put me off. I don't think the story's going to be really groundbreaking or anything, but it's pleasant enough. You know, it's the mid-tier that works for me. Mm-hmm. All right, and I guess my final show, and so far, the best show I've watched in the winter 2023 season, aside from the sequels. Okay, I can phrase it to new shows of the season. Another long title, and it's technically another isekai, The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnate Princess and the Genius Young Lady. And the Ugh. only reason I haven't checked it out yet is because Ugh. I still need to write down my review of the first two light novel volumes, and I want to do that before the anime. Ugh. But I've already got my manga review out, and I, I really like this so far, the story. Helen, it's fun. Why are these titles so long? Campfire cooking. You born to Master Blade. Get out the Naro. Get out Show Second Naro. Uh, publishers, just just shorten these names, please. For we don't need tongue twisters. <laughs> the, your title does not need to be a summary. It does not need to be a summary. Please stop. But aside from the title, it's just fun stuff. Um, uh, legitimate Yuri too. <laughs> and legitimate Yuri too. So fun. Uh, just a simple premise. The uh, we don't really get, well, we don't get into the, the Isekai Princess uh, later, until later. But we start, essentially, the, the main conflict is Yuffie, one of the characters, is betrothed to the prince. And they do, they quite don't like each other, really. They don't really, they don't really connect, honestly. And this comes to a head when, at a big event, the prince calls the, the engagement off. Right in front of a bunch of people. And, obviously, Yuffie is just distressed. She's trying to hold it in. And Annis just shows up out of nowhere on her broom and just causes chaos. And she's like, oh, is this one of those engagement breaking off scenes? Yes. Wait, what do you mean people actually do this? And <laughs> Annis just thinking to herself, I remember seeing this in Otome games in my past life. I didn't think people actually did yes, this. It actually happened, yeah. So you got that classic villainous trope, but it basically subverts it by saying, um, Yuffie, come with me. She basically just takes, Annis just takes Yuffie away from the whole thing. And now it's just a case of, What's going to happen the aftermath of this? And so far, right now, they're just together, as in Yuffie's the assistant uh, for Annis, who just does magical stuff. <laughs> just, just creating stuff. Um, so, yeah, about the Isekai part. So, it's hinted, at least in the first two episodes, she's obviously from another world. And you can tell from some, what she's trying to create. Um, but they don't really, like, go into heavy detail about her her past. Like, what? I don't think they really, like... That's the same in the Mention, light novels, too. Like, okay, you like, know that she has a past and that a lot of her inventions are 
drawing upon memories of tools from her past life that she wants to recreate, which is very much like um, magical artisan um, Delilah. But that's to the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so right now, like, just the moments between these two are great. Um, I am kind of looking forward to, like, what these two are going to do when they have to still, when they get unexpectedly or expectedly involved in the greater politics of everything. Because obviously, like, they still didn't talk about the prince and who who um, he ended up wanting to be betrothed to so far these first three episodes so i'm hoping I, I they will have to get to that at some point yeah that um, definitely comes up in the second light novel volume and i really like how they handle you know well why did this you know breaking off the engagement hubble happen you know what was yeah you know what was well, the i have conflicts well i it? i have a general guess well okay your really. guess is probably not correct <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah it, it probably might not be correct um uh, but yeah, there's definitely lots of intrigue in the show that I'm really enjoying. Just it looks good. Um, I did. I will admit they kind of slowed down after. How do you? How can you go from this girl just taking off one of the like these beasts just like that, and just putting the wolf, taking the wolf head as a prize? Like like you, you, it's hard to come back like to beat that. So I will say it kind of slowed down a bit. But we did have to get ca- caught up to everything narratively. So I get why it slowed down a bit, and I'm still enjoying it. So not a problem. But I am kind of hoping it does pick up. Just like somewhat intensity wise and just like what's happening elsewhere um, I, I mean there's some big fights in the in the manga and the light novel so you'll probably enjoy those <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm def yeah i'm definitely looking forward to that um uh, so definitely out of all the shows which i'm enjoying a great deal this one at, for now is definitely at the top of my list for for the winter season i am just so continuously amused that i miss got out of the line of succession by basically being like, I don't want to marry a man. If I had to marry one, it's going to be a woman. And her family is basically like, okay, but you know, we, we can work up that way we need to. Like the country's not going to like fall to the ground if we just have two queens. It's like, <laughs> they're definitely keeping And like when she's um, snatched away Yuffie, they're like, or do you want to date her? And she's like, well, yeah, but I don't know how Yuffie feels about that. So right now I really do just genuinely want her as my assistant. You know, it's like everyone just seems to be immediately suspecting, like, did you just steal your brother's fiance because you like her? Like, you can be honest here. And it's like, no, but it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw someone who had, like, hadn't seen the show, but interpreted my comment on it as being like a, oh, they can just, you know, oh, her only value is in, you know, breeding heirs. And it's like, no, like, the family is genuinely trying to respect her wishes there. You know, she doesn't want to be involved in succession and everything. And they are genuinely thinking, she might actually be our better bet. <laughs> <laughs> They're not exactly homophobic. They are just deeply confused by Ines' actions, which is understandable. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, we still got weird news. Ah, Justin, let's finish this up. I gotta news. cook. I gotta do my cooking for the week. <laughs> All right, then let's get into it. Uh, uh, just we thought we had, we, there was no way we could start the weird news without weird, what, NFTs, right? There's absolutely no chance. So yeah, Arc Knights, the developer of that, uh, found out this um, company was doing NFTs of their, I think their products. Let me make sure of that. The, 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 I assume that's what that what happened, which is why I sent a cease and assist letter to uh, the NFT platform Odious. Yes, there you go. So yeah, they took. They, they, they said, what the heck is wrong with you? Please stop, or you're in big trouble. So yes, good old NFT is getting in much more trouble. You probably should not be messing with a pretty, I guess, popular mobile franchise. Probably shouldn't do that. 
And then... <laughs> Helen. You didn't say the whole thing. You also need to go lol sob at the end. Helen. <laughs> lol sob. If you thought the Weird News 23 was not going to have Attack on Titan in there somewhere, you have been proven wrong. Because it's going to definitely be on here again. Because apparently anime production... The committees do not know how to manage anime. This is a conclusion I've come to when you have one of these mega popular franchises, super successful, known worldwide, and you do this. You announce a final season that was announced in 2020. You then have it break up in parts to where it's going to air in 20. I had to make sure I get this way. 2022. And then you have a situation where you're going to have the first part of a final season air in March with part two airing later this year. So all these jokes about Attack on Titan, final season, part three, Mega Mix, Remix, Kingdom Hearts, what, whatever. They were actually real, Helen. They were actually real this why could they not just wait why what is happening why Ugh. and i've seen some people saying like this might just even be like two like really extended episodes this might not even be like a full season just people speculating based off how much of the manga is left but it's just it's, it's like how, it's, it's, how bad is your production set up if you guys are having this well, much trouble either accurately estimating when things are going to be done or otherwise keeping to that schedule yeah i i, I, I do want to blame mappa because mappa takes up too much too much stuff we all know this this is not even a, not even a, a secret <laughs> they just are where is that you're, you're an ice sequel where or movie where is it don't you have other stuff in the pipeline that i know you guys are supposed to be releasing and announcing what's happening so yeah, I play Mappa, but I, I kind of want to go into the production committee. I think also um, Crunch is involved with that. Remember, you should be all Wit Studio. Wit Studio eventually dropped out of doing Attack on Titan, and then Mappa took over. And I think I see why Wit Studio dropped in. They're just like, there's no way. <laughs> we want this at a certain time. There's no way. And it is a They say, look, they say the next part is going to finish in 2023. It is. Highly possible with just how the anime industry is right now. It could be released in 2024, Helen. <laughs> it is a legit possibility. And it, it really makes you question how, how committed you want to be to just watching it. Like, for me, like, I don't know. I don't think I can really stop. I, I just feel like I don't want to, but I can understand that people do. Like, you call this a final season. How do you call this a final season not done yet? Got final season part Five thousand x two thousand. Just, just annoying, Helen. Just annoying. Okay, well, Justin Seeds over there. Um, the Evangelion staff has had to apologize for um, some plagiarism. Uh, Evangelion three point plus one point uh, just released on streaming platforms in China, so there was a new poster for it. But some people took a look at the. Chinese poster by artist um, Huang Hai and realized that it looks an awful lot like the movie poster for Where the Wild Things Are that was created by Nico Delort in uh, 2009. And yeah, if you look at the two posters side by side, it basically looks like the guy just copied and pasted like large parts of the poster, like 
the setting is all identical, like like the layout, some of the individual assets look identical. And so, um, yeah, they're now having to all apologize for this and, you know, work out payments, I guess, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, we get that every now and then. This one, we do not get every now and then. This one, I am positive, is going to be on our end of year wild <laughs> news. <laughs> Belarus legalizes stealing movies and shows from Japan. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, Belarus already has some issues. One issue is that they strongly, or uh, they remain strongly allied with Putin and Russia, even after the invasion of Ukraine. Belarus has probably been a staging ground for some of the Russian uh, troops for this um, but now they've <laughs> just said that it's, you can just steal from Japan? Just Yeah, not, not good. Not it good. will encourage piracy of audiovisual material and computer software from Japan and other listed nations. Going by Otaku USA Magazine, who doesn't usually print stuff without clarification, just, man, this is a weird one. <laughs> yeah, that. Not exactly what you expect to start off the year, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Looking at um, ANN's write-up on it. Um, the government of Belarus passed a law on January 3rd permitting residents to access audiovisual media and computer software without the consent of copyright holders from, quote, unfriendly, unquote, nations, of which Japan is part of. So, yeah, I basically grabbed the Otaku USA because it does directly cite anime. Basically, that's basically what it comes down to but yeah that, that's, <laughs> other that's unfriendly big. regions include australia new zealand ukraine united states south korea <laughs> so uh, i hope so. belarus is ready to get their asses sued off in court because that is the american way at least of dealing yeah. with these things Spe- speaking of speaking of australia what in the world happened and how not to summon a demon lord i think it's omega second season for it to just be completely completely banned and just to know... I feel like we had a similar story a couple months ago no, no. about Australia just randomly banning, like, an anime from coming in as well. I think there just must be, like, one overly zealous person on that board. <laughs> yeah, it's just to know, they released a sequel, I mean, the, the, the original first season, How Not to Summon the Evil Lord. Uh, they did have a rating for that and everything, but they still could sell that. But now, can't sell it there. You can't sell the second season. What is up with your rules? What is happening here? Or what particularly happened in that second season that got the Australian board? No, we can't allow this to happen. We can't allow this in our in our in our country. Nuh uh. Nuh uh. Um so let's see. Um but yes, yeah, uh, Titan is as we talked about earlier, it's still pretty popular. And uh, this was just before, like, uh, this is a big game to hype up the last week of the season. And this goes for the division title. So the Jaguars today tweeted a Attack on Titan inspired poster featuring an actual Titan from the actual Tennessee Titans. So it's like one of the football players on there. So, yeah, got the, yeah, looking over the wall, the Jaguars got to defeat the, the Titan. So, yeah, once again, more fun, strange, and nerdy anime things making their way into popular Nerds. sports things. Anyway, so um, we can all agree that AI has become bigger and bigger. It feels like in the past month or so, it feels like we're following, um, shoot, the law that says that like 
electronic things will double like every so often. Um, I feel like we're following that with AI right now. Uh, but right now, the English-speaking AI-trained virtual YouTuber going by Vettel897, uh, popular, popular, popularly known as Nerosama, was banned from Twitch on Wednesday after um, <laughs> it made a Holocaust denial comment. Because this is always what happens when you try to train AIs through, you know, like, group chat in English. They always end up at, like, either being outright Nazis or being Holocaust deniers, which says something about the cesspool of the internet. And so uh, the VTuber's been banned for at least two weeks. Um, yeah, you get, you guys need to make some better chat filters because this isn't even the first time it's come up. Got, got some work to do there. Got some work to do. Um, since we're on the AI talk, I guess the big question is, um, does the host of the Yoshi podcast want to stick around on this earth as an AI death though? Well, I've honestly had this question with myself before over the years and the idea I'm thinking like, maybe yes. No. <laughs> Listen, I've read enough sci-fi for this question to have occurred to me before. Okay. For, for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> but apparently Hideo Kojima wants to stick around. Yes. This guy. Um, so he made a comment about this and he, says, yes, that death will like to still be around and all that good stuff. And I'm just like, look, have your second life somewhere else, buddy. Just do that. Be reincarnated into another world as an aristocrat and make hay there. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, in a very Bochi the Rock move, uh, the Bochi the Rock manga creator, Aki Hamaji, was at Comic-Head 101, uh, and was so popular on the first day that um, the lines and the crowds were going to be a bit too much. So the comic head organizers had them move outside to a different location, fewer people around. And so they drew like a little note to leave it on their table telling where people were. And then, you know, sent out a picture on Twitter, you know, once they were finished setting up. And they're like in the back by the loading docks in like this very depressing looking industrial area. And it's like, that's it. That's, that's Bochy, in a, you know, in a, in a nutshell, like great success. They sold out, you know, of everything very quickly, it sounds like. But at the same time, just in an unusual and somewhat depressing manner. Mm -hmm. I, I just laughed so much. I was like, this is so bochy right there. <laughs> yeah. And that is how we wrap up a very long, very long episode of the Yoshi Podcast. Um, I'm not sure if this Justin, actually... Justin, you're not leaving me much time to cook dinner tonight. Come on. My, my, my bad. It, you know... Things, it's definitely things, your bad. Think, think, uh, I'm sorry. So all right, let's wrap things up. So you can follow the Oshie Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can add us to any RSS ever you got. Subscribe by email for all the anime sometimes and manga, light novel, and a whole bunch of reviews. You can check out theoshi.com for all that stuff. Um, you can see a couple of reviews that I recently wrote upcoming um i think for example spy classroom the light novel review will be up this week um should be a one more few more coming up this week as well that i've done so see that you can check out the osg.com um, the twitter account at the osg of course the question is how long will twitter last is gonna be a forever <laughs> question as they keep making so many weird changes that i'm just like is this even twitter anymore my column 
Oh, he- uh, while Twitter lasts, you can find me on Twitter at London Dreamer, and you can find the other podcast I co-host also on Twitter while it lasts at Mong in Your Ears. Uh, if Twitter does go down, you can find us on taikupodcast.com, which is T-A-I-I-K-U, uh, because that's where we actually host the episodes, and it's going to take more than the fall of Twitter for us to stop doing this podcast. We just enjoy talking about manga too much. And I ended up forgetting. Oh, yeah, I am also on Twitter, too. Kami Unsurnomi. Um, so if you guys want to see some really, you know, up-to-the-minute, you know, Fire Emblem fan art, follow Justin. Well, that, and then also now I'm obviously playing Engage, so I'll probably talk a bit about that next episode. And But you'll probably see some tweets about that on my timeline at certain points. When I get to certain points, be like, yeah, look at this nonsense with this weird animal that I found out I put sunglasses on. Yeah. Look at that. Until next time, everybody. Bye. See ya.